Welcome to episode 193 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I am Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Laura Helen Wynn. She's a designer here in San Francisco, previously from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Still previously from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Still from Chattanooga, Tennessee. All of them. We had a great time catching up. Before we get into the episode, huge thank you to our sponsor, Flow, for making this episode possible. Flow is a simple project management tool for designers, by designers. It helps you run your team and your projects your way and gives you a single space to stay on top of everything that's happening at work. It's a gorgeous product. It's simple. It's easy to use. And it's going to make your life a whole lot easier. Basically, Flow makes it easy to track projects from start to finish, organize your tasks as lists, cards, put them on the calendar. You can use Flow to collect feedback, create tasks, iterate on designs, all in the name of shipping great work. It gives you visibility into your team so you can see who's working on what, and it makes it really easy to see what projects are in what status at any given time. It makes it really easy to work together as a team. Uh, The team that builds Flow is a design team themselves, so they've really learned what it takes to ship great products, what information you need to know at what time, so that everything runs as smooth as possible. Flow has really awesome desktop and native apps, so you can take it wherever you go. They also have Slack integration, so you can run your projects and create tasks and share comments straight from Slack where you're doing your work anyways. It's a wonderful product. It's going to help you do better work with your team. If you want to learn more, go to getflow.com slash design details. If you start a trial from there, you're going to get 20% off your monthly subscription. And if you start an annual subscription, you'll save 30%. So if you want to start doing better work, managing your projects in the simplest way possible, go to getflow.com slash design details and start a free trial. Thanks once again to Flow. And with that, let's get to episode 193 with Laura Helen Wynn. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Laura Helen Wynn. I'm a designer, a small business owner, artist, photographer, illustrator, human being, dog <sighs> owner. Yes. The dog last guardian. One. I don't like the word owner. We have a relationship <laughs> guardians better yeah guardian i'm a dog mom like dog, dog shield maiden <laughs> dog mom dog mom you have a new dog i have a new dog named luna who is a good girl <laughs> <laughs> and the cutest freaking dog i've seen she's so, so cute, cute. lots of so photos sweet. on the internet we can post a link to the german shepherd basically all of john's tweets uh i guess yeah I don't know. I feel like John's you haven't shared whole... as many photos as, as he has. I haven't. No, I'm very protective yeah, of my daughter. Yeah, shield maiden. John's Twitter maiden. John's <laughs> entire Twitter feed is puppies and category theory. <laughs> Monad's category He's theory. He's such a good dog dad. Luna. He's honestly just been such a help. Uh, <laughs> such a help? <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope he changes his Twitter bio to just say such a help. That's so good. Anyways, you are working on... Mm. I'm working on working on mm. working on my taxes. Tell me about that. Oh, so I did that fun. this morning. Oh my God. <laughs> so fun. What did you do? Do you have like QuickBooks or uh, an accountant? An accountant. Me too. <laughs> it's Shout so out great. Sandy. Shout, Shout out Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> it, Andy out, and Sandy. Shout out naming the first name of your accountant because everyone knows who you're talking about. Sandy. <laughs> well, ours is like internet famous now. So oh, yeah. oh, wow. Vaguely. He does a podcast with our network oh, called Orthogonal. That's great. He's chill. Mine's a little more low-key, and she's also, um, she splits her time between San Francisco and L.A., so she's pretty cool. Our, ours is mostly L.A. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I bet she eats a lot of green smoothies. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Sandy, shout out Sandy. Well, it makes her. it makes sense. You run your own business, right? I do so run an my accountant. Own business. How many is... of them? <laughs> How many? Mm. Do do do. As many as I can. I'm a sole proprietor. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I can. Uh, Spelled S O U L. Wow. So. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this week I am I'm figuring my life out and it's really exciting. This is just this week? Just this week. <laughs> Man, you got it together. <laughs> Deadline Friday, 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, yeah, I'm doing some spring some spring planning i really hit the ground running in january i usually do there's this woman susanna conway who has this workbook that she puts out every year at the end of the year called unraveling the year ahead it's a mind fuck right unraveling the year ahead Uh so it's a workbook where essentially half of it is you kind of put the year before the year behind you you put it to you put it to bed Mm -hmm. you you done done you reflect, you journal a lot. It's a lot of feelings. And then you're done. It's totally in the past. And now you're ready to start Stupid your new year. 2016. I'm done with you. Yeah, forget it. I mean, everyone was so mad about 2016, but it was an amazing year for me personally. Oh, um, <laughs> don't you love that? It's like, oh, I feel bad. I had a really I had good time. Really good year. <laughs> Everyone's also, complaining, but so, I'm so happy. <laughs> but also crying. Yeah. <laughs> but also that too. But also sad. Um, I never got around to doing the 2017 part, though. Oh. So that's kind of what I'm doing this year. <laughs> You're, uh, like, living in some nebulous, like, limbo between years. Who am yeah. I? <laughs> I'm, like, running a marathon, but I forgot to sign up. Oh. That's a dumb idea. You're not going to get the medal for <laughs> <Whoa>. that. <laughs> Whatever. I just want... I'm winning. Um, I'm kind of retroactively planning my spring right now, which is feeling really good, doing my taxes. I always wonder, like, why you can't just not register for those runs you know i mean you can would, would they not give you a medal yeah you just don't get the like goodie bag of bananas and peanut butter thing. goodie bag what? of bananas. <laughs> have yeah. you run a marathon and i just don't know it yeah they give you little snacks at the end oh. they give you like a little water bottle a little and a marathon banana snacks. a little marathon sna- oh well a half marathon if i had known there were snacks did they give you half a banana and a half a peanut butter <laughs> and it says do better next time <laughs> try harder try harder yeah yeah uh so tell me it's tuesday morning it's tuesday morning uh, we're we don't having, usually record in the morning this is morning this vibes. is our first morning podcast ever <gasps> should we put on our morning voices i feel like <sighs> we should be very like npr hey Bryn, can this. you slurp your coffee to really set, <laughs> set the vibe for this all right now everyone knows what i've been putting up with for the last well that was exaggerated two years sir. no that was laura <sighs> <laughs> Laura gets it. All right, here I go. I'm gonna Brian, dr- Brian, slurp right, it. I'm going to drink some Do coffee. It. Experience the best way to drink coffee. No, no, no. Slurp it now. Did you hear that? No, because it's <laughs> silent because I don't slurp my coffee like can, a monster. I can hear the sound of your mouth burning, though, because you didn't inhale enough air with it. <laughs> no, my coffee's perfect temperature. Okay, break. Break. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we have a moderator now. Uh-huh. This is great. The bigger, I've, I've... the bigger moderator. We need it. Do you want to be the third host? <laughs> Done. Cool. Um, I've been learning a lot about refing puppies when they're playing. So what are you trying to say about Bryn and I? Your puppies. Oh, little puppies. Well, it's good to just take breaks mm-hmm. is what I've learned. I agree. People get too excited. <laughs> so anyways, this is our first morning podcast. Mm-hmm. We're learning from mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I want to learn a little more about what you've been doing. So yesterday and then this morning, it, it, today hasn't happened. So you're 
one fifth of the way through the week trying to figure out your life. Tell me how that's going. It's going so well. How do you do it? I could not be more pleased. Whoa. Is I'm this gonna... like speaking your like desire into existence or is this like you're just like very excited about how things are going? <laughs> is it actually good or are you just... No, I'm truly you... balanced and happy this morning because I remembered how to take care of myself this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I Let me just... I'm going to start on Sunday. Um, that's actually a really good question for you guys. Do you start your week... Do you think you start your weeks on Monday or Sunday? Monday. Thursday. Great. Cool. Love it. <laughs> Self-employment is so funsies. Right. Um, okay, so on Sunday, you guys, I did my laundry. Mm-hmm. I went grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Put all the laundry away, by the way. Oh. <laughs> that's and the hard part. That's the hard part, I honestly. always forget it yeah, in the dryer. Yeah. I just leave it in the dryer yeah. for a week. I go to a laundromat, so I can't, for- I can't do that. Well, you could. And I went to the spa. Oh. Um, oh, self-care palooza. Really set the week off right. I got a massage. It was amazing. Kabuki Hot Springs and Spa, Japantown. You can go to the communal baths for $25. Wow. It's a steal. So that was great. (laughs) (laughs) So that was great. Self-care Sunday. Great way to start the week. Monday. Self-care Sunday is an every week occurrence or? Self-care is just a constant. Mm, mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. a constant. Self-care Monday, self-care Tuesday. I think you should always be like checking in with yourself and um, just noticing. I mean, I started started meditating six months ago. Um, So it's really about cultivating awareness um, within yourself. And I feel like I find that that actually affects my, my work week and my, my outlook on life so much. So because I started the week by doing self care, it's Tuesday morning. I'm feeling really good yesterday. Let's see what you were asking. Monday. Monday. What'd you do? Okay. Monday. I, well, I've started my days really early now because I'm puppy training. Mm-hmm. So I take a walk with mm-hmm. good girl Luna. I cooked breakfast and then I feed her breakfast. Um, I had a call with a potential client, um, which went really well. And then I also had a call. I had um, actually a call with a woman named Danielle Evans. Okay. And she uh, she goes by Marmalade Blue. That's her website. She gave me the most amazing creative pep talk. I hired her. I just hired her to like make me feel really good and like tell me <laughs> I'm doing a good job. And it totally worked. Yeah. Um, What'd she say? Well, we, so I'm. Uh, All true things. Just like, are we allowed to talk about her? Do we have to pay her royalties for secondhand retelling of the pep talk? Um. Mm. Oh, wow. This is a serious question. <laughs> I thought it was. I don't know. What'd she say? Well, we talked about, so I've been doing, I guess to get into design a little bit, um, my background is in communication design. And then I've spent a lot of years doing UX and UI, which is super fun. And now we call it product, which is super, super funsies. But also, I really miss just doing pure communication design. So... Um, we were just having a chat about that and about where brand and product meet and about how, how I'm positioning myself to get the kinds of jobs that I want to be working on because as a business owner and as a, you know, as a sole proprietor, Mm -hmm. that's what you're always thinking about. You know, you're, you're always thinking about your next project and because I'm always checking in with myself, like we talked about, I'm always making sure, am I doing the work that I think is really fun and engaging and useful? Um, so we had a chat about that. Okay. And what was your takeaway? I'm amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I rock. Do you want to stop doing UX UI product? I don't want to stop. 
I just want to have more fun. Hmm. Does that make sense? What does that mean? I'm figuring it out. I'm kind of the opposite, you know? I wake up every day saying, how can I have a little less fun, please? I honestly think some people wake up and think that because they're not having any fun. Hmm. Brynn and I talk about this a lot because I'm a very serious boy. Mm. He he's serious product design boy. Like, like that that would be a superhero like, title. Yeah. Consider Just the metrics. Very serious. And, and I'm like, consider the goop. <laughs> How do we get more goop, as fun? As in the Gwyneth Paltrow amazing super health Yes, blog? that's what Bryn's thinking about yeah, 24 fit more seven. Gwyneth Paltrow onto our internet website. Yeah. No, Into it. like literal goop illustrations. Yeah, like goopy illustrations. Goopy stuff. Like the ones Meredith made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, exactly. That's, that's, that's Bryn's idea. He's like, Goopy Goopy astronauts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. I just want to have the most fun experiential shit ever mm-hmm. on the website. Me too. <laughs> but there's no metrics behind that. Oh, <laughs> metrics are fun. Well, this is Growth a serious is question. Pretty, Mug- Growth is chill. Growth is chill. Growth is chill. So, serious question. How do you get in the mindset of having more fun doing work when... Your work is responsible for your livelihood because you are self-employed as a sole proprietor. Like, well, I try not to let the crushing weight of that reality yeah, no, that's, really suck my fun out because no, it's teach me. Like I seriously, that's that. a, and then I, I look at Luna. I, I wake up. I wake up every day thinking, if I don't accomplish things today, they will not get accomplished by anybody else, mm-hmm. and we will not be able to become sustaining if I don't add my contributions to this thing right and so that weight uh manifests itself internally for me as this serious like i have to get shit done and do it well and it has to work whereas perhaps that's not the best approach to make something that's fun and delightful to use well i think it depends on the kind of project you're working on so the 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 perspective i was just talking about i do a lot of in-house contracting um so I think it's different when you're building something that is your idea and your livelihood versus building someone else's idea and someone else's livelihood because it's a very different design experience. Yes. But also, with that being said, I just try not to take it so seriously. That's the crux of Samesies. That's the crux I want to make really good work, you guys. Like I want to make the best work. Yes. I want to be a very good designer. Mm-hmm. But I also want to go home and play with my dog mm-hmm. and like remember that sunshine is nice. And <laughs> remember like remember that the outdoors exist. Ah, Bryn, how about that? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Monday. Uh, you're going into Tuesday. You oh wanna, yeah, you're I forgot pla- to finish Monday. Finish Monday, but like I want to get into this. Get into it. How do you not take it so seriously as you're planning out your life and your your year of like, how do you balance, this is the money I want to make. These are the professional accomplishments I want to have. These are the puppy accomplishments I want to mm-hmm. have. Like, these are the times that I want to travel. How do you balance that for you personally and think about the serious stuff, the money, the taxes, blah, 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 versus the fun stuff? Like, oh, I want to go experience trips with my dog. Well, I was pretty, pretty just like, loose with my time last year in a way that is very unlike me i was very irresponsible with 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 travel (laughs) no just uh i usually plan so i've been i've been self-employed for two and a half years and that first year i did not stop working once i felt like if i stopped working i would die 
or like not pay rent or whatever. And I was so stressed out. And I was also running, um, I was doing the secret handshake at the time and we were doing, um, which is a project, not like an actual handshake, unless it is an actual handshake, but I presume you weren't doing that all the time. No, I wasn't doing that all the time. So, uh, so yeah, I was just working a lot. And then last year I thought, you know what? I'm freelance. I'm free. I'm free. I should take advantage of this. So I bought um, a lance. Yes. <laughs> first things first. And a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Named Luna. I'm very confused. You just took up jousting. I did. I did. I actually joined um, the medieval times. Mm-hmm. See? Took up with that. Freelance. Yeah. Um, I was in a caravan for many months. Uh-huh. The resident witch. Uh. <laughs> No, I just, um, yeah, I just took a lot of time to travel last year and to really, I've been, I've actually been working since I was 15. So I've been working for a long, not as a designer, but I've been working for a long time. And last year I had the opportunity to not work so much and I just took advantage of it. So I traveled a lot and I journaled a lot and I met people and I had experiences and I have like 30 rolls of film from France and Spain and Iceland that I have not developed yet Um, because those are stories that I'm kind of waiting to tell. Mm -hmm. So how do I not take it so seriously? I mean, I think especially in light of the election, this is pessimists hate me. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, but I think that life is too short to pessimists allow- hate her. She's got this one weird trick for being positive. <laughs> Click here to learn more. I just, I just think life's too short to let yourself um, to let yourself be unhappy. I understand that. I just want to preface that with saying I know that there are so many situations where people can't control the work that they do, and they can't control the kind of kinds of they can't control the kind of job they have or the kind of environment they work in. Maybe you're stuck in a job that you hate. But you have to stay in that job because you're paying off student loans or because you you're building your fuck it fund mm-hmm. um, or whatever it is. I'm incredibly lucky to not be yeah. in that situation. And I do have some good amount of control over the kinds of projects I'm doing and the kind of people I'm working with. So I just want to work with really nice and smart people who are building products that are doing good things in the world. Um but that at the end of the day, you can go home and spend time with the people you love and you can you can have a full life because I think that work is very important and work is very good and I love being a designer. I also love um, having time to take my dog to the beach and, you know, just remembering that there's a little more to life than work. So if the first year of your running your own business was work work, second year was work. travel and life work. Yeah. What's this year going to be? Is it a balance or did you just want to choose one or the other? Thank you for asking. It's a balance. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think I've gotten myself into the feast or famine freelance, the very common pattern of feast or famine. Um, and so I'm looking to looking to strike a better balance this year between work and play. And I'm still figuring out what that looks like. You know, when I was a kid, actually, I always thought that celebrities had it really good not because of the money or anything but because they would they'll work really hard for like nine months and then they're like in Tahiti like record a movie for a few weeks and then you're done yeah make a few mil 
Just work super hard and then cool, vacation super hard. You cool mill. I don't know <laughs> why, but that works for me. Um, so when I, I was in Iceland last year uh, doing a residency, uh, I was there for five weeks in this little town in the West Fjords called Tingri. Uh, and I was staying in this little house. And then I had a roommate named Dora. Dora is from, um, she's Hungarian. She lives in New York and she works in fashion. Uh, she's not online, so. You can't find her. Can't anywhere. look up Hungarian can't, Dora, New York. Can't look up Hungarian <laughs> Dora. That's what I would have searched for. <laughs> um, and we do the same thing. We will just work ourselves to the bone and like not see people for months and then just like, we're going to the farmer's market on a Tuesday. I took my dog to the beach yesterday. There's just something about that that's really nice. Um, but again, it's about balance. So I'm, I'm figuring out how to strike that balance this year. Sure. Sure. So what does the rest of your week look like? The rest the, of my week? The planning your life week. And then I want to get into some of your background. Great. Uh, so um, the rest of my week looks like, so I am, let's see, I'm lining up a project with a client that I'm really excited about right now that kind of ties back to the communication design aspect. Um, it's a mix of product and brand, which is exactly what I want to be doing. Perfect. And... They're using, I, I'm always judging. I'm always judging. You. <laughs> I'm just going to end it there. Okay, cool. So you're a designer then. Got it. Great, 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 great. Um, there are a lot of green flags with this potential client. They. You use, never hear about the green flags. You never you know? hear. Everyone's about talking about the red ones. Well, the red ones can be so tricky. Yeah. Uh-huh. I make a lot of, sometimes I make excuses when I see red flags. That's something. Uh, it's kind of like, green. Well, it's got it's a green. Kind of, it's got like, a green stripe. It's, it's, it's more like, like pink, right? Like it's a it's a nice color of red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like red is a nice color. Um, but yeah, okay. So the rest of this week. So yeah, lining up this potential client. I'm very excited about that. Got a verbal offer this morning. Um, but I never count my chickens till they hatch. So that's a smart farming strategy and a smart life strategy. <laughs> you can't see it right now, but I'm just giving a thumbs up. <laughs> I love farm this. strategist Laura <laughs> chief farm strategist and dog guardian god i love my dog so much <laughs> i can't even um, sorry we keep cutting you off it's okay we um, do this thing called tangents here on this podcast oh uh, yeah very frequently oh, if you've ever heard i've of. heard of those um I don't really know. So the rest of my week just looks like more of the same. I've been, uh, I've made such a big to-do list of all the professional and personal things I want to do this week. So on the personal side, I need to write some thank you cards because so many friends have been so good to me lately and I need to thank them for that. Hmm. I need to call my grandmother. Yeah. Um, I'm training my dog. <laughs> so we, we have dog training tonight. And then on the professional side of things, um, I, let's see, I have a studio in my house. So I was renting an art studio in Bayview um, with this amazing woman named Rebecca Zetto last year. And um, before that, I had an art studio at Art Explosions in the Mission. But last year, I brought all of that inside of my house. So I have a little one bedroom uh, and it's like half work, half live. Um, I have sort of a like mini resistance graphic design studio in my living room and right now it's a mess because my puppy keeps getting into all the art and like chewing it up Classic. and I have to just put it on and then I've just been putting it so all of the surfaces that are for making are just covered in things right now so 
Um, I'm a firm believer that when you clean your house, you clean your life. Hmm. So I'm going to be cleaning my studio. I actually have a lot of art that I've made, um, a lot of personal work that I've made over the last couple of years that I hate now. So I'm going to throw it away. No. Oh, no. no. Don't do that. <laughs> Why not? Because I think you'll want it someday. Do you think... So a strategy that's I was... Like the, that's like the hoarder's mentality and the nostalgic in me that says, don't throw anything away. I will be... when you're old and gray and dying, you'll say, oh, man, I, I wish I could dig up some of that shit that I used to do. <laughs> I really wish I had that one drawing from second grade. No. Thanks for storing that I in the filing cabinet. Do well, that. by the way, that might be worth billions of dollars someday. Kind of like Picasso. Like if you had an early Picasso, early Laura, Helen wins. <laughs> there is this picture I drew of my hand when I was a kid. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing. And I love it. Yeah. Don't throw that away. Do you actually get rid of all your old work? No. My mom makes me keep it. <laughs> and now I'm making you keep it. <laughs> yeah. You're a good mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I was thinking that I could just keep one of each. Okay. But not multiples. Sure. Have you guys seen that video that Urban Outfitters produced of Lisa Frank? No. Oh, my God. You're. F- what is it? I'm having a heart attack. I mean, Lisa it's Frank so is... Good. Oh, no, Laura died. <laughs> oh, no. Brian, are you familiar with Lisa Frank? Was that before Dude. your time? I've never heard of Lisa Frank. Dolphins and are unicorns and... Wasn't there like baby tigers and stuff? I don't know. Were there it was crazy. Tigers. Okay, Lisa Frank is rainbows and sunshine and like little puppy bears and... Uh, puppy bears? Well, um, Puppies and bears or just... <laughs> puppy, no, puppy bears. Baby bears? You no, know, puppy bears. For all sure. I can think about is my dog all the time. She, <laughs> I call her puppy bear. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but As like, one does. yeah, like little zebras, and yep. they're all. But they're all like, it's kind of like psychedelic meets Disney. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Right. And Urban Outfitters is biting her style to sell more merchandise. Obviously, so yeah. they have a blog because everyone has a blog, and they. But Lisa Frank is a real person, and that is her name. So, um. Lisa Frank said this video, she's a real person. I think her office or her headquarters is in Phoenix or some shit. And um, Wait, how do you do creative work in Phoenix? Who knows? It's too hot. I have layovers there sometimes. And I'm like, this is all glass. I'm very hot. <laughs> Why is this happening? But she has, um, she has original artwork from the very beginning. She has made thousands of pieces of artwork. And it used to be all... It's all computers now. Um, I'm dating myself by just calling it computers. Um, But it it used to be... (laughs) It's all bits and bots and boops now. I don't know. It's all visual microservices. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she has all these like amazing original illustrations and airbrush. But the best part of the video is that they like mask her face and her... um, they like blur her face out and they like change her voice because she doesn't want people to know who she is. She's actually a really private person. Wow. She doesn't want people mobbing Phoenix. People go crazy over Lisa Frank. She's a, she's an icon. I guess I need That's to what I'm saying. look her up because I don't know what we're talking about. If you saw the work, I swear you'd you'd have seen it before. It's like Ugh, if second only, grade binder aesthetic. If only we had a way to quickly and easily <laughs> access this kind of information. But since we don't, I want to learn more about you. 
You're from Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee. You mentioned. She's the Lisa Frank of Tennessee. I am the Lisa Frank of Tennessee. That's kind of cool. You know, no. I'm the Laura Wynn of Tennessee. There you go. There you go. Um, So I'm actually going home next month, and I'm really excited about it. To prepare, I bought some blue irises, which is the state flower, Uh and I made some sweet tea. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I'm from Tennessee originally, Um, East Tennessee, just Uh going Chattanooga, the Uh scenic city. It's literally so pretty. It's mm. like two mountains, and then there's a river. The Tennessee River runs through it, and then there's like a little city in the middle. Picturesque. Mm. I can Love see it. it in my mind's eye. I've lived on both mountains. Mm-hmm. Well, at the bottom of one, top of the other. <laughs> <laughs> we understand. Yeah, great, great. So, just want to get really specific about the geography. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, okay, so... Yeah. Um, what do you want to know about Tennessee? What do you want to know about? What was it like? Oh, green. Gr- yeah. Is your favorite color green? No. What is it? I don't really have one. But Good. definitely not green because fuck green. <laughs> fuck green. <laughs> fuck green. I hate green. Yeah. Well, uh, when did you start? So communication design seems mm. like you're calling. Yes. Did that emerge at a young age? Mm. I literally didn't know what graphic design was yeah. until I went to school. Well, who does, does anyone? You know? <laughs> Some people do. Some lucky people do. Some they're people making do. it up. They're faking it. You know, I have never fact-checked a single person who said that they did design in high school. I think I should start doing I think that. they all made it up. <laughs> Just a bunch of pathological Yo, like, liars. A bunch of fake Sh- news. Show me your course list. <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Fake news. Everybody. Fact-checked everything. Yeah. Um, so you, did you do any sort of art or like making stuff as a kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. so this was started early. Oh, okay. I've always, I mean, I've always been a doodler, mm-hmm. doodler. Yeah. Uh, I still do that on, on all these phone calls I was talking about for this week. Um, I just have pages covered in doodles. Yeah. Um, I'm a doodler too. Hmm. I can't listen very well if I don't doodle. Same. I doodled in college and high school and all that. I think that doodling gets a bad rap yeah. in meetings. It looks People like you're not you're, paying attention. It looks like you're not paying attention, but actually you are. This is one of my biggest um, gripes about office culture mm-hmm. is that it's more about optics. Appearance. Optics. Yeah, yeah. That's bullshit. Everyone stop doing that. The number of hours you have your ass in the chair, right? Fuck that shit. I mm. want to go to the beach with my dog. Don't and then when I'm relaxed. <laughs> no, but then when I, I, yeah. I... So this is actually something I thought about a lot when I was doing the residency in Iceland. Um, productivity doesn't look like the number of hours that you're doing something. It's about the focused time. And your brain is able to focus more completely and have more quality ideas when you are relaxed and refreshed. So that what that looks like is a lot of free time. Yeah. But what that looks like in office culture is that you're not doing anything. Lazy. And you're not doing anything because that's the point. Yeah. So I, you know, this is the cross I've been bearing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Help me spread the gospel. I will. Right here. <laughs> Refill right that now. soul cup. Yeah, exactly. Fill that soul cup. Go to the spa. Go to the beach. Um, doodle. Doodle. Doodle more. I think doodling more is important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. I originally went for photography. Um, I didn't know what to do with my life. And I thought, hey, what I've always liked doing is art. So I went to art school. And I originally thought I wanted to be a photographer. And then 
I decided that I didn't, I love photography and I will always love doing it, but I didn't want it to be my career. Um, Why not? Because I, at the time, and I still kind of feel this way, at the time I thought the only way to make money as a photographer was to be a wedding photographer or some kind of commercial photographer. And I'd, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be in control of my vision. And even even if I was doing work for brands that I liked, it would still be kind of using using my vision to sell a product. And I'm not sure how I feel about that with photography. It feels somewhat better with design. Okay. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> this why. This is why I'm making well, the same is, is, like, <laughs> is the photography more personal? Like, it sounds like it is. Yeah, I think mm. that's the root of it, right? Mm. Um, so I started doing analog photography when I was like 16. I just like found this old camera in my parents' basement or whatever. Um, and I just taught, I just taught myself how to use it. So for me, it's, um, that was, um, kind of set me on a path of personal expression. Um, and with design, as much as possible, I'm taking myself out of it. I think that we need less ego, especially in design. So no ego, not about you. It is about creating something for the service of others. Why do we need less ego in design? Why do you say that? Is there even ego in design? What? Yeah, who who has an ego? <laughs> Who's doing that? What? Everyone. Why do we need less of it? I think we need less of it because I think that especially in product, too often decisions are made um, for the wrong reasons or I think it's really easy for product teams to get... Um, to get off track when they're making product decisions. And so let's say, okay, so you're building a product together. Um, one of you has an idea about a direction the product should go in. Do tell. And the other person disagrees. Yes. How do you I'm resolve I'm familiar that? with this. Yes. How do you resolve disagreements? Battle. <laughs> Battle royale. Like- yeah. <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> It's an excellent <laughs> reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, Someone I, builds it. Someone builds it. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, mean, I so mean, that the, to me is, I think that... The building wins arguments. Building wins case. arguments. Yeah. We like to prioritize individual action over consensus. Hmm. I think that's been the case at most companies I've worked at, and it's been always for the best. Yeah. Say more about that. So, okay. So, a really good example... Uh, before I joined Figma, which I just left, um, I worked at a political news um, startup called Sidewire. And we had this amazing Android engineer named Grayson. Um, Grayson came from like a video game industry. He did incredible work. He's at EA now doing some crazy other Android work. Um, He could ship something in like an hour or two that like the iOS team, which was two people, would take several days to do. And he wouldn't always wait for like design comps or anything. Like we'd talk about the idea for it and he'd just go build it. It was crazy. Like he would just do the thing. We hadn't had like a product meeting to develop consensus, which the iOS team would kind of, that's a lot of what the time was, was like we had to like agree that it was the right move. He would just like build it. And if it wasn't the right move, then it was a prototype that didn't get shipped. And like we went back to the drawing board, like. I think that's the best way to move forward with things. Like, even if people don't agree, just try the thing. If it doesn't work, great. That sucks. But otherwise, ship it. And that's awesome. Like, prioritizing that, like, individual driving forward is way better than just, like, stopping and, like, building consensus and then But I waiting. think I think what's underlying that is 
that there isn't this crazy ego blocking that process or, or a crazy ego saying, uh, you know, we built this and it doesn't feel right, but it was my idea, so we still have to do it. And I feel like that's the sign of a good product team is someone that can, or a team that can mock something up or create a prototype and whoever made it have the ability to recognize if it's bad and scrap it. Like don't get attached to every little fucking idea. I think that's actually, I think there was some ego, but not in the product decision itself. It was about like, Hey, look how fast I can get this thing done instead of like waiting on you. motherfuckers. Yeah. 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 I love that. So kill your darlings. Have no ego. Yeah. I think it it should be more about making the thing, but not yeah. inserting yourself in the thing. Yeah. Because you're don't not need, designing for it's, yourself. It's, it's not you on the yeah. like, artboard or whatever. It's, I, well, yeah. to, I would say don't even make it your darling, right? Like, Ooh, it's just like that. No yeah. darlings. It's no darlings. Just, no scrubs. Mm-mm. No darlings. God, I can't get no love. Rules to, live, rules to live by. It's just an idea. And I feel like the hardest part for me is or a, a challenge for me is to recognize that the idea is probably going to be bad the first time around. So you need Statistically, to... Statistically, most ideas are bad. Most ideas Statistically, are bad. Statistically, most ideas Garbage. are bad. And like... Love it. You have this vision in your head of this perfect thing that's going to work and it's beautiful. And then you put it on paper, you put it on pixels and it you immediately recognize that it's shit. And so getting to that step faster, not getting so attached to the vision in your head seems important. Yeah. I think that, so I was contracting for a contractor for Apple for a couple months last year. Um, Shout out Hello Elephant. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. That was super funsies. And their product culture, um, you do something a hundred times, even if the first, even if you know you're from a gut perspective, even if you know your first idea was right, you need to sketch out 99 more just to make sure. And that was a really good learning, I think. We talked about this in the last episode. That's yeah. that's design process rigor, right? Mm-hmm. Going through and following up on every, not every, lots of possibilities to make sure you've you've solved the problem in the right way. Yeah, and that's why maybe not maybe consensus is such a such a boring word, but I think that getting consensus, getting design consensus, or getting Getting input from a lot of different people is a really good way to approach a problem from many different angles so that everyone's thinking about it from a different perspective. And you can make sure that you are not overlooking any weak points in the design. Or if there are weak points, you can design around that mm-hmm. and figure out how to make those into strengths. Right. Now, the I think the counter argument to that would be that that takes a ton of time. Yeah. So some companies don't sure. have the privilege of like that time span right why not funding uh for yeah. example usually money Ooh. usually money. <laughs> a lack of money lack yeah. of runway yeah money or competitive pressures probably yeah what do you think then well i think that we all need to slow down <laughs> I damn think- it everyone just chill out <laughs> everyone just <laughs> get on my level just, just chill <laughs> yeah um i mean true. that you know, that kind of brings up a really interesting point about being a designer in San Francisco. There is a lot of pressure to perform and to succeed and to hit those metrics and to get that funding and hit that runway and IPO and all that shit. It's great. I love it. Also, everyone relax, please. It's, you know, it can be very exhausting. And I think that I guess I'm afraid that if we're always in a hurry to build and ship things quickly, we're not giving design its due process 
I'm in a hurry. And I hear what you're saying, but I am in a hurry. And I want to ignore the advice because I'm in a hurry. Like, how do I break out of that cycle, right? I, we've got well, X number of months before we have no more money to do the thing we want to do. Yeah. I think that there's room for all of us to be right mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, I don't. I also don't think there's one, yeah, there's no one magic bullet. Um, it just depends on, I think, you know what your goals are and you know you know what your pacing is for hitting those goals and designing your time around that. So who am I to say to slow down? No, but I, I think you're, the the underlying point is a good one, that there there needs to be a balance in recognizing that a, a good design process might take more time than you're comfortable with to mm-hmm. arrive at the right solution slightly later than multiple wrong solutions. Yeah. I, like, I like that, trying to get into that mindset of, like, give this a couple extra days. I also just... Keeping in mind, I would tend to work with bigger teams. Sure. So I tend mm-hmm. to be in-house. I That's work fair. with Facebook, with OpenTable, with Thumbtack, mm-hmm. with um, a number of different sure. larger yeah, larger yeah. companies. So when you are making product decisions, there is more consensus involved. And I love that because when I was at Smart Design, so part of my agency background is um, you bring all the stakeholders to the table and there's a lot of strategy work done up front. So then the making part is super quick. Yeah. Everyone knows what we're making. We're going to make it. If you change your mind, it's too late. Sucks for you. Sucks for you. You were in the meeting from the beginning. Yeah. So uh, I think, it, you know, when you're when you're building with bigger teams, there it, it does take mm-hmm. a long time. But I think that the quality of what you're building is going to be a lot stronger later because you've had all of the all the opportunity in the world to like work out those kinks and to talk about um talk about ways this product is is helping your business and who it's for mm-hmm. and what all of the stakeholders think let's go back so yes. you are an art school in Tennessee yes and now we're talking about strategic design processes we are at- at Facebook, help me connect the dots. Okay, great. What What'd you do in design school, or, or sorry, art school? Art school. So I went to art school for photography, and the great thing about UTC is that their design program is built on the Bauhaus model. So everyone, um, everyone starts, no matter what your major is, if you're ceramics, if you're a, um, a performance artist, if you are a painter, if you're a designer, everyone starts off doing the same classes: two D, three D drawing one and two. Uh, and then for the design program in your sophomore year, they do something called a sophomore review. So that was going to be a decision point. Was I going to go photography or design? Yeah. And I chose design because I, like I said before, I had never heard of design before. And then when I got to art school, I was like, oh my God, there's a discipline that combines writing, photography, anthropology, history, systems, organization, and communication, and psychology, and all of these, ah! (laughs) like my brain melted, and I was like, I have to be a designer, and like, I loved, um, I'm like obsessed with grids, and like Mm. putting things in their place, I think uh, Michael Beirut actually has, he, he wrote something somewhere about how like, he used to get really uptight about his, his laundry, I don't know. So I think designers are inherently anxious and I there's ah. something about that that appeals to me because there's something in a world of chaos, there's something really appealing about like putting everything in its place and having a system and being very organized. Um, so I love that. Um, so anyway, that my background is in mostly communication design. I got into digital design, worked at a couple different web shops in Chattanooga 
And then six years ago, made my way to just packed a little suitcase, came to San Francisco. Why? Why? Why not? Well, uh, Chattanooga is a lovely place. Yeah. I hear there's two mountains and a river and a little town. It sounds mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Well, you can live on either mountain. Did you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's a top and a bottom as well. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, let's see. So I'm, you know, I'm from Tennessee and it's a lovely place. Uh, but I, I just wanted to live somewhere different. I've always also, uh, it's really funny actually to move to California and just think back to all the cultural references around California, (laughs) Beach Boys, Janis Joplin, you know, um, um, all of the movements in Berkeley, just, uh, all the history, uh, of this place. And then you get here and you move to San Francisco and then you immediately need to buy a jacket cause you didn't bring one. Yeah. Uh, cause you don't know how windy it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, um, let's see, just backing up. I had, um, volunteered to work at design conference in Atlanta and that's where I met Ryan Freitas, who at the time was the co-founder of about.me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a couple months after meeting him, we, you know, we just like, t- um, you know, hit it off. His wife is from Kentucky. That's where I was born. Um, I got a wild hair on like a Sunday night and I was like, I wonder if they need an intern. So I emailed him, do you need an intern? <laughs> and he was like, I don't know. Let me ask my boss. And then his boss said yes. So then he said, do you want to move to San Francisco? And I said, Yes. Sure. So I, three weeks later, I moved to San Francisco, just kind of on a wild hair. Um, so that was between my junior and senior year in undergrad. I just lived in San Francisco for three months uh, as an intern, and then I was hired as a contractor. So I moved back to Tennessee, finished my degree, kept working for About Me, and then moved back five years ago. About me. About dot me. What was that like? So Back in fun. the day. That oh was like gosh. the... The promise of it was pretty appealing. Yeah. Um, Tell me about that. Still around. Yeah. They're still kicking. Mm -hmm. Um, They are just the best humans. Um, I honestly could not have asked for a better work experience, especially uh, especially being fresh out of school, especially just really being new new to tech, new to the industry. Um, The team, I was the 17th person to join the team. At the time, there were only two women, and we were both named Laura. So I used to give everyone shit and tell them that they only hired women named Laura. Um, And everyone was the best. I mean, so the the team was mostly remote. Um, Everyone was just really thoughtful and kind and smart and really good at building. We did weekly code releases. So the cadence, um, the cadence was lovely. And also I got to work with Sean Collins. So he was the principal designer of About Me. And then I was, you know, the second designer to join. He lives up in um, Point Reyes or Marin County somewhere. He like lives in a cabin, goes trail running and surfing every morning, like works remotely. And I was like, goals. Yeah. Like, this, this Sounds was my, like a dream. Yeah. It's, um, so he was someone that I learned a lot from and not only in the way he designs and builds products, but also the way he designed and built his life. And that's kind of what I love about Hmm. the most about living in California is getting to create the life you want to have. So was that your first exposure to like tech and product design for screens or had you had any of that experience before? So I had had experience in, in just pure web design. That was my first, that was my first experience designing for 
designing a product right. and designing for an audience. Mm-hmm. So I definitely cut my teeth there and learned so much. Yeah, what uh, what did you learn? Um, like I, the big moments. The big what stands moments. out if you look back on that? Mm, I think learning how to communicate ideas very quickly because I, because you know for all that time I just been about being slow um because we were building and pushing things out really quickly there was um there was really no time to to have doubt and so when I went into a meeting with Ryan or you know with other Ryan um with anyone who was making product decisions which was always a small team there was really no time to like put post-its on a board or anything it was just brainstorm brainstorm have you you guys ever done any of that post-it note stuff that everyone does yeah dude i literally have never done that oh my god go to a big company dude it's so hard pass (laughs) no i love post-its you guys (laughs) uh yeah i'm gonna have to hard pass as well it's not about that post-it life sorry it was so nice I chatting respect. with both of you. And <laughs> she's gone. Oh, no. The episode's over early. Ooh, no. It's I didn't know that actually happened. I thought that was like a, I don't know, some kind of caricature of designers. It is, but it's not. I mean, I've done I, the most post-editing I've ever done. So Smart Design, we did a lot of post-its for research. Um, it's a really good way to scribble down insights that customers are jabbing at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... You can do these exercises where you cluster them based on yeah. what everyone in the group heard. Um, so that's a really easy way to see common threads and what you're hearing from customers. And then I did a sprint with Google Ventures a couple years ago, and they are um, post-it note they heavy. Are post-it practitioners. Yes, yes, yes. Love yes. it. It's, uh, that one is the most um, cliche. Sorry, love you guys. Because uh, <laughs> it's on the glass windows. Right, right, yeah, right. They're like photos of me like very cheerfully yeah. placing something. Um, oh god but yeah po- post-its are real but you didn't have time for it <laughs> but we didn't have time at about me there were no post-its so about me. how do you communicate quickly and effectively in a product team meeting you just have to know what you're talking about huh that's the thing that no one tells pro you tip. when you're a design pro tool pro, pro tip be smart <laughs> be smarter pro tip know what the fuck is going on yeah pay attention no one really tells you that in design school <laughs> um, no one tells you to like uh, i don't know listen you, and like kind of be you know have uh, common sense i want to doodle instead you have to use your brain <laughs> oh shit this job oh, isn't for me yeah bummer i just thought it was pixels yeah. damn it yeah i am <laughs> So you used your brain. I used my brain, yeah. and they liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it turned out pretty good. They like people they that like have brains. The way my brain works. Yeah. Um, no, I mean that was really, well, yeah. Those were some of my biggest takeaways. It's hmm. just um, to be thoughtful and to be concise. Yeah. What did you do after about me? After about me, that was a really lovely transition experience because so the plan had been that when I graduated, um, I was going to join full time, and. Ooh, that didn't work out. So um, that wasn't what, by the time I graduated, that was no longer the plan. Um, and they asked me to stay on as a contractor. I was happy to do that. But then I was feeling like, you know, I'd been there for a year and a half. I had done a lot of good work. Um, and I, I felt like I had reached uh, the limit of what I could contribute to that team so for the probably the only time in my career i was able to sit ryan down and say ryan i think i'm ready to move on 
uh, without quitting and just just having a really honest chat with him about what my next career move should be. So I was feeling the need after doing a startup life, feeling the need to just kind of switch gears and do something different. Um, and I wanted to, I just wanted to see what a really, you know, traditional agency hmm. job would feel like. So um, Ryan was amazing and he was very supportive during that transition. And uh, so I ended up at Smart Design. So I was there um, for two years as an interaction designer. And that was amazing. Agencies are siloed. Uh, so I just wireframed for two years. Oh, and I my God. I, like, loved it, but then I also hated it, but then I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. It. You wireframed for two years. Yeah, just, like, interaction models. So you're and, really good at wireframing. Yeah, and I'm self-taught, so it's actually amazing because yeah. um, I was working with a lot of smart people who who – went to school for this or they have a you know masters from Carnegie Mellon chief wireframer chief wireframer they have degrees in wireframing did you know that no uh, no it's crazy so Wait, actually yeah holy shit pretty much that seems excessive <laughs> but you learned but i learned um and yeah i learned a lot about um i learned a lot about working with clients and about understanding why business decisions are made yeah <laughs> why business uh, <laughs> why do we do business <laughs> what is this <laughs> um <laughs> but since i'd been just wireframing for two years um so basically that was crazy okay so i was also running a conference i was oh, like, oh, well yeah. first i was doing design events and then i was running a conference during that time let me talk about that yeah oh man how'd that come about <laughs> i'm just, how did that come about so you learned the secret handshake. I did learn the secret handshake. Well, to back up a little bit, I had done a side project on my own called Form and Future, where I would interview designers. Um, I got to interview Netta Marshall mm -hmm. and like Netta's Daniel awesome. Burke. Uh, yeah, Netta's the best. Daniel's the best. I got to interview all these really smart people um, who I looked up to and admired and asked them their advice for new designers. And then I would um, transcribe them, edit them, do the HTML and CSS. I had this little like Ruby on Rails app, Whoa. like little Heroku situation um, that a friend helped me <laughs> that a friend helped me set up. A little Heroku situation little is my favorite way to describe that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the best is your from a web application I've ever heard. One situation, please. Would you like to scale your situation? I need more dinos in my situation. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my. I'm gonna revise my website mm -hmm. and put that on there. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Form and future. Form and future. So I was doing these online interviews, and then when I moved to San Francisco um, in 2012, a woman named Rena Tom reached out to me. Rena used to run Makeshift Society, which is a creative, which uh, was a creative co-working space in Hayes Valley. So she that she she was working really in the maker space, the sort of creative community, people who make enable pins and do guitar lessons and are like bloggers slash wedding photographers um she invited me rena's amazing um she's at mule studio now uh, last time i checked that's how i knew her name great i saw the light bulb go off <laughs> well sarah used to work there cool yeah can we have a little like ding, ding. yeah we, we'll actually add that sound effect in great. in post yeah great mm -hmm. thank you thanks sarah thank you <laughs> 
Uh, Rena reached out to me in the fall of 2012 and asked me to uh, asked me if I wanted to take that series offline and into makeshift society and do events at their space. That was amazing. That was my Oprah moment. It was great. I so I started doing these live events in San Francisco, and I was new to the city, and um, I had my design community, but. I was welcomed into this entirely new circle of people that was like mostly women and mostly women who were like doing their own shit, whether it's w- like fabric weavings or whatever, um, or or even not. So I spoke. I did a few events. One was uh, one was with Dandelion Chocolate. Uh, one was with the ladies from Hello Lucky, the letterpress studio that used to be here in the city, and a few other people. So I would I would like go to Whole Foods, get some like wine and cheese. We'd all have our chairs out, and then I would interview um, these small business owners in front of a live audience. It turned out to be super fun, and I loved it so much. Um, but I then I was also getting tired because I had a full time job, and I um, I also had like. 20 interviews just waiting to be yeah, yeah. you don't even have to add more stuff like that's already enough right like you had a job this was just a side thing yeah exactly so it's feeling really burnt out and i wanted to quit actually so um mandy brown uh in new york she's she was an amazing mentor to me especially at that time and i was feeling really burnt out and i told her i wanted to quit and she told me not to she told me to uh just keep going she's at vox now right mm-hmm um, Mandy's amazing. She told me that the best thing I could do is just throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. So we- I went home, cooked some uh, spaghetti. I recommend everyone do this tonight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. Um, it's like, t- it's like reading tea leaves, um, uh, but with spaghetti. Yes. You can read and about spaghetti it. I'm, I'm way more into Italian food than tea. So mm. this, this is great. You're speaking Bryn's language carbs yes 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 that is literally friends language. that's my first language. is that your love language yes Yes. um so mandy told me not to quit so i didn't quit and i just started reaching out to friends and saying i need help and at first i thought that i kind of just wanted an intern to help me run my twitter or whatever um i reached out to nick dizabato who's a ux designer in chicago and he said you need to talk to my buddy jason so Jason was running the secret handshake. Turns out we're doing the same work. We're just duplicating efforts in two different cities. Um, Jason's in Chicago. He runs a design studio called Bright Bright Great. And then he was also, he was doing a side project called the secret handshake, which was interviewing designers. Huh. Oh, giving would, advice for for young designers. Yeah, yeah. Who, who would have thought? Um, what, a, what a novel idea. What a novel idea. One of a kind. <laughs> so we had- It's this, like everyone has that idea. I don't know. <laughs> that's so weird. Um, so we did this like 10 minute Skype call and I was like, Hey, do you want to run a conference? And he's like, sure. So we had never met in person before until he flew to San Francisco with a team to do the first conference at Adobe. Holy shit. It was nice. Like? It, it was great. We had been working together for nine months. Uh, so we, we would joke that the conference was like a baby. Internet pals. Yeah. Internet oh, pa- in- oh, wow. Internet, Internet baby. Pa- yeah, yeah. Internet. We had this, like, we like birthed a conference, um, <laughs> After nine months of glorious effort. Yeah. It really takes it takes a community. Sure. It does. We had a lot of amazing volunteers and a lot of people who 
it really takes a lot of work um, to organize an event like that. Adobe was amazing, and we had speakers. Um, that's actually where I met Ash Wong, and we ended up doing a project mm -hmm. together last year. Um, I met Stuart Scott Curran. Mm -hmm. It's just so many amazing people uh, doing that conference, and I really um, that was really my first chance to connect with the design education community in San Francisco, which I have a real heart for. Um, so. Okay, so you pulled off the event. So I pulled that off. At the same time th during that nine months, is that when you got involved with the Secret Handshake? Yeah, so we, when we first collaborated, when we collaborated that first year, we didn't call it the Secret Handshake, we called it Hike Conference. In hindsight, I can't remember why, I think I just wanted to make a brand. <laughs> Jason's like, sure, let's make a brand. I was like, <laughs> no, let's make it a branding project. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, let's do Ugh, it. <laughs> designers, Ugh. It's just like, oh, you're so enthusiastic. Let's do it. Um, so Celeste Provost did the, um, she's a designer here as well. Mm -hmm. She did the branding. Um, we art directed it. It was super fun. So that was called Hike. We did the first one at Adobe that spring. We did the second one in Chicago that fall. I think this is like 2015. So hang on. I don't hang know. On. I'm getting pause, confused. Pause for What's me. Up? You're... Yeah. You're working a full-time job. You're doing the side thing. You're exhausted. You're burned out, and you want to quit. So instead, <laughs> you do two conferences in a year. Yeah. Wow. How did you feel? Did you escape the burnout, the, the I did. quit, the quittingness? I did. I feel like it just, Change. you know... You know when you're running and you're tired, but then you feel super pumped up after? You got a surge, yeah. I got a surge, which is also a delicious beverage I used to drink. <laughs> well, delicious is one way to say it. R.I.P. surge. I mean, it was like a better Mountain Dew. I drank that all the time, but I, like thinking back, like my, my flavor memory is not delicious. It's like, oh, uh, I just wanted caffeine <laughs> as much as possible. My flavor memory is like extreme sports, like heavy metal, just like chugging surge. Like chugging metal in my Yeah, yeah. Just That's like, what it tastes like. Like two at a time and then running in circles until I fell down. <laughs> ah, so this is how you escape burnout was <laughs> caffeine overdrive ah, for the a 90s. year. 90s. Yes. Yeah. Great. I have a secret supplies. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> I have like a recurring Se eBay yeah, order from yeah, this yeah, one yeah. guy. Yeah, it's actually a startup now. Uh, yeah. Surge on Demand. Yeah. Surge on Demand. <gasps> LaCroix on Demand? It's already a thing. Damn it. It's called a grocery store. Oh. Mm -hmm. Like Instacart? Yeah. Instacart's pretty great. That's the one. For LaCroix delivery. <laughs> <laughs> LaCroix is garbage water. That's I'm right. not the first person to say this, but, but I still drink it. I still drink it too. I know. Um, so yeah, I was um I was doing a full-time job. Uh I was running a conference. And then so this is a really fun plot twist. Are you guys ready? Yes. When I was doing the Chicago conference at Morningstar, the financial institution. Um, shout out Charlene. Mm -hmm. Um the same week I was doing that conference, I had just gotten laid off from that very job. Oh, shit. Smart Design closed their San Francisco studio in the fall of 2015, I guess. While so, you were in Chicago? No. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, on a, oh, oh I'm off doing this conference. I didn't and get I an email back. about it or anything. It <laughs> okay. wasn't that dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of... Um, 
you know, I think that's another thing you never get told when you're in design school is that shit happens. And you you hear about people getting laid off or fired or whatever, but you kind of never think it's going to you never think it's going to be you. Um, but that's that's just business sometimes. So the same week that I'm telling students, like, live your dreams, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Um, but I because I'd been doing all these side projects and I gotten a taste for being independent and running my own projects. I I had already kind of had this low-key plan to actually save up for a year and go freelance. But then I was like, fuck it, let's do it now. So I just like I just like squirreled away a little bit of money and, and then I ran and with it. it. And that was 2016. That was 2015. Oh. The and fall of 2015. Ah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like October, I yeah. think. It was 2016 the prequel. But 2016 was when when the sale happened. Wait. I don't know, guys. Somewhere around there. I can fact check my own life later. Years are relative. Years are relative. I cannot believe it's 2017. I actually was thinking about this last night before I went to sleep. 2016, such a fast year. Um, 2017's uh, almost 25% done. It is 25% done. It feels like it's been forever, though. It feels like it's been 10 years. It feels like it's been a day for me. Me too. Like an afternoon, maybe. Yeah. Time is interesting. Life lesson one. Yeah. Time doesn't pass if you don't leave the house. <laughs> uh, use your brain. Yes, thank you. Use your, Life lesson one, use your brain. Use your life brain. Life lesson two, shit happens. Life lesson three, time is nothing and we are all just dust in the wind. Oh, yeah. Do you guys like karaoke? Yeah. Just... You want to do it right now? I really hate karaoke. Um <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about design education. You said you got exposed to that through the first hike in Adobe with Stuart and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Ash. What was that like? Super fun. Um, well, like what, what does that even mean, design education? Like, design education. It just means, I think that... Um, is that so, being a thought leader on Twitter? Thought. Is that writing medium thought. posts? That is that taking the G and the H thought. out of thought? Yes. Thought leader. Yeah. Fun fact, I have a medium account have never written a post huh so are you even a design educator are you even a Am designer even a- without a medium <laughs> how do you haven't written a medium post about leaving your job what how do you even know i exist yeah I seriously mean, no I, i'm yeah. i'm being i'm teasing but what what is no, design education i know um, <laughs> um it's so interesting to me because there's so many different design programs out there there are two major categories one is about I think about ethics and um, critical thinking in design. And then the other camp of types of design education is purely skills-based. So you're really doing a lot of rigorous study about Photoshop, Illustrator, I guess, sketch now. I don't know if anyone's crafty craft, but no thought. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone, you know, from what I have. Well, it it seems like visual thinking, but not like the deep problem solving stuff. Visual thinking, but um, but maybe not any conversations about ethics. Sure. What are you designing? Who are you designing for? What are Who ethics? does that benefit? <laughs> what are ethics anymore? I actually, you know, this the current current events, you guys, is making me kind of for all this stuff I was saying about relaxing. I'm also quite feeling quite strict about ethics and especially ethics and design. You read um, the piece on, I think this was yesterday about uber and the the experiments they ran to get drivers to drive more i read the headline yeah you should read the article because 
holy fuck if you want to talk about ethics. Yeah. Is that the female voice AI and all that stuff? Yeah. They would, they have a, a like a, a bot that would be sort of the liaison to talk to drivers, right? Yeah. And they realized if they gave the bot a female persona, the drivers would respond more. So now all of a sudden, drivers think they're talking with a woman, so they respond more and they drive more and they... Anyways. Stop using women as tools. This was a brief diversion, but we'll link to that in the show notes. But talking about ethics. No, you're good, but this is what what we need to think about, right? Yeah. There are there are boundaries here. Yeah. Well, that also reminds me of Alexa and all of the other smart home tools. Um, And I'm not the first person to talk about this. People have written um, really wonderful articles about it. But um, by making all of our robots women, we're kind of enslaving a new generation of like robot women to yeah. do to do our bidding and to be our maids and to be our mommies and um it's more of the like caricature of female secretary or whatever yes it exactly. feels like Ugh. yeah stop madmining our life You're thank not- you mm. <laughs> uh, so you feel like uh, one one <laughs> half of the design education camp is maybe missing a piece of that i think so yeah um because I think when you're just blindly making things, you um, design can have a tremendous impact on the world and just the way people exist in the world. The example you just gave about Uber is an amazing example. By designing something in a particular way, they were able to um, to get a desired response mm-hmm. from drivers. They got those metrics. Possibly without consent. I mean, it feels kind of to do those sort of invisible designed mind games with people feels unethical to me um um maybe maybe that's the hard part right is we can pull all these levers as designers to get people to do things the question is is it for the right reasons and is the outcome like does the the end justify the means so for example one of the like classic examples is uh forget what state did this uh some state made the organ donor checkbox when you get your driver's license mm-hmm. they made it opt out so you had to uncheck it yeah and like 90 percent of people left it checked yeah and then the the other variant of that was where you had to check it yourself and like maybe, i don't know like nobody 10%, checks yeah it. nobody checks it because everyone's like oh so that's my that's a design decision right yeah. it's like we're going to manipulate you by making this checked by default but for us, maybe like the ethical standard that's like, oh, good. Yeah, we have more org- organ donors that exist in the world. Yeah. So that's where it's the gray area, right? Is, does Does the end justify the means? Yeah. That's so interesting because I'm just thinking also about how um, neuroscience as a field has come so far in the last couple decades. And uh, we're making such great strides in understanding how brains work. And I feel like the more we understand brains, the more people are going to find ways to manipulate them. <laughs> Um, especially if we start to like integrate computers with them yeah like uh, this whole like neuro lace thing that Elon Elon Musk Musk just yeah yeah. I mean (laughs) I'm pretty stoked about that I really want to be Lobot from Star Wars but um, there's definitely gonna be like problematic things to work through yeah I don't know where does that rest with you what do you what do you think we should be doing better different I think we should just be listening to each other more (laughs) How do we like where Twitter writing yeah. more? I don't know. What I'm. Do we do? I feel that says the person talking. We're spending a, so much time talking, 
these days and a lot less time listening. Um, I think also pour one out for HR. I miss, I mean, I, HR. <laughs> Just in general. In general, HR used to be, um, they were, that job has changed so much specifically in tech where HR is now, um, and again, bigger companies, it's different. Um, HR really just exists to do the paperwork and to sort of make sure that um, all the ducks are in a row with hiring hiring and firing, basically, and health benefits. HR used to be about helping people communicate and work. Uh, they would do that and also help people figure out the best ways to work together. Um, and I'm finding that because that part of the ass that that part of the job has seems to have been phased out at a lot of places it seems like people are just on their own to figure to make to make these kinds of decisions so the people who are making decisions about how to manipulate users with design is just a bunch of people in a room um so who's who's talking about ethics uh, who's you know the press who and that's actually to me to sort of bring it back to how we make product decisions. The way product decisions get made depends on the environment. So if you're the loudest person, depending on where you are, if you're the loudest, most aggro person in the room and you're like, let's manipulate users in this kind of seedy way and you get your way, that has a chain reaction that um, that affects a lot of people. So I don't really have the magic answer, but I just think that people should be a little more aware of of those types of communications. I wish you had the magic answer to solve. Wouldn't it be cool if there were magic answers? All of this industry's plights and and downsides. My God. Take- meditate. There's a lot of them. Everyone meditate. You've been meditating for six months? Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm an old bro now. <laughs> <laughs> a what? Did you old say an old bro? bro? Yeah. Bro. That was said, a, oh, old pro. I thought you said an old bro. I was like, hang on. I'm missing a reference here. Well, let's bring it back to now. Uh, you've got a lot going on. You're planning out your year. Mm-hmm. Last year, you maybe took some time to travel, which we didn't even get to talk about. No, that we didn't. But we're running out of time. Yeah. So what keeps you up at night now? Thinking about the year ahead, thinking about design education and ethics and your work and your dog. What's going on? Hmm. What keeps me up at night is... My own anxiety. <laughs> it's a really, yeah. Um, so I've been having this like 4 a.m. anxiety brain lately about my job, actually. So even though I was um, I was talking about relaxing because I have such experience with <laughs> having to like, yeah. I'll get to an 11 and then I have to work myself back with like meditation and yoga and going to the spa. So it keeps me up at night. I mean, we... I haven't really talked about politics at all, um, and I don't really want to get into it, but sure. it's just a garbage town, and people are hurting, and I'm an empath, so I actually can't really engage um, too much right now because it 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 causes me like physical pain and trauma to think about all of the 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 fear and anxiety that's happening in our society right now, yeah. and I want nothing more than to do what I can to heal that and to help everyone just like um, be supported during a really difficult time. Can people reach out to you on Twitter? They can. Yeah, they cool. can. 
Yeah, and I, I, I also want to say I'm encouraged by all the people who are organizing and who we we, we didn't get into that at all either. Yeah. Um, I'm part of a small group here called Social Studies. It's a small group of civically minded people who are really, you know, when you vote for Obama as your first president, you really think the world has changed. You really think that we've made progress and we have. Um, but now we're being tested, I think. So it's it's a really interesting time, especially a really interesting time to be a designer. I think also a lot about the history of design, specifically with political propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has actually been a way that I've been re-engaging with commun- communication design. Yeah. So yeah, the fate of the world. <laughs> That's what keeps me up at night. Where can people learn more about social studies? Um, social studies, I think it's just socialstudies.com. Um, we're great also, URL holy shit I think uh, there's we'll also we're social the studies notes. yeah we'll put it in the show notes sure. uh, social studies SF on Instagram and yeah. Twitter um, so far we've had a letter writing party at the farmers market nice. the NOPA farmers market yeah. and we've also done a telethon where we, people could um, could get a little get a little cocktail drunk and call their reps <laughs> it was great sounds like a grand time <laughs> yeah so yeah there are lots yeah. of different ways to be a helper and I just want to encourage people to do that cool well we'll put all those links in the show notes thank you thanks so much thank for hanging so out much on for a having me this beautiful tuesday fun. morning oh my god lisa frank you guys look her up <laughs> me <laughs> thank you bye that was episode 193 thank you so much to laura for coming in and hanging out with us for an hour Man, that was really good. I learned a lot about Chattanooga. We hope you enjoyed listening. If you did, come hit us up in our Spectrum community at spectrum.chat. You'll find all our good good stuff in there talking about design and development in this episode. All that, spectrum.chat slash specfm. Yes, spectrum.chat slash specfm. And of course, if you want to do better work with your team, go to getflow.com slash design details. Flow is a simple project management tool for designers by designers. It's going to make your life easier. That's at getflow.com slash design details. If you start a free trial from that URL, you'll get 20% off a monthly plan or 30% off a yearly plan. Thanks so much to Flow for making this episode possible, and we'll see you next week.